You're listening to the Safety Moment Podcast by Utility Safety Partners. Safety is always a good conversation, and it's a click away. Here's your host, Mike Sullivan. Welcome to the Safety Moment Podcast by Utility Safety Partners. Today, I'm glad to have as my guests, Mr. Rob Morrison with Manitoba Hydro, who's also the the current co-chair of the Manitoba Common Ground Alliance, and also Mr. Returning, actually, Mr. Joseph Rosenberg, the contact center manager at Utility Safety Partners, who also moonlights as the Damage Reporting and Evaluation Committee's uh, chair under the Canadian Common Ground Alliance. And in that regard, he assembles the annual DIRT report, Damage Information Reporting Tool. Welcome, Joe and Rob, to the Safety Moment podcast. Nice to have you back. And today we're talking about the Canadian Common Ground Alliance's 2021 DIRT report. Gentlemen, how are you today? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having so me convincing. Why? <laughs> No, it's good to have you back. And, uh, you know, we're, we are talking about the DIRT report now. Rob, maybe just introduce yourselves and yourself. You're the current vice chair of the Canadian Common Ground Alliance, but you do so much Correct. more than that. Well, yeah. No, well, I'm also the co-chair of the Manitoba Common Ground Alliance, something that, uh, you know, it really sort of, the more I've worked with it, the more interest and more drive I sort of get out of this. You know, it's so nice to be a part of both the utility and industry and uh, administration side, but also interact with, you know, the, the industry as a whole, you know, seeing their needs, how can we move forward? And then like we're going to talk about the DIRT report, how does that data help us drive programming you know, to benefit all. What's reasonable from what we're pulling and how do we create it? I'm really interested to go into that in more, more detail, actually. It's one of the things I wanted to talk about today, but we'll get there for sure. Uh, Joe, how about yourself? You're you're well known to the listeners, but let's do it again. Who are you, Joe? Sure. Um, I'm Joseph Rosenberg, a.k.a. Joe. Uh, I am the contact center manager for utility safety partners, but I perform in a role as the chair of the national uh, dirt committee or direct group, the damage reporting and evaluation group uh, that handles the curation and management of the uh, dirt report, which is the damage information reporting tool used by the common ground Alliance in the U S and Canada and some other various regions uh, to collect any kind of, utility damage or sometimes near mess, sometimes aerial, sometimes submarine damage uh, related to utilities and plant. Um, I've been doing this at the national level for a little over two years now. I did it at the regional level for, oh God, eight years, seven years, seven or eight years, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, I'd have to check my records for that exact amount of time. And uh, yeah, it's always great to be here to chat about uh, utility damages in Canada and talk about what we can be doing better and what we've discovered over the last uh, better part of a decade, I guess. In Alberta, just to read, you don't know, Joe is affectionately known as Joe Dirt. So he's uh, he's been doing this for a while and uh, there's probably nobody better in the province of Alberta for sure and perhaps elsewhere as, as well to talk about the damage uh, information reporting tool and the data that comes out of it. Now, Joe, just to, to begin, now this is a voluntary 
reporting system, right? I mean, it, their reporting is not mandatory unless you're governed to do so by regulation. And how does that affect, in your view, the, the data? Well, unfortunately, it just means that we're always going to kind of have both a hand-picked and incomplete data set. Um, by hand-picked, I mean, you know, regionally, it's whomever decides to participate. Uh, we have some companies that participate nationally um, in various regions. So they're putting in information in Alberta and Saskatchewan and Ontario, etc. Um, but there are other groups that are only putting in their data for specific regions or specific regions are finding that their data is dominated by one specific uh, utility owner or uh, locator group um, or one call service in some cases. So we've been moving towards a more complete picture over time. We um, just this year actually started tracking the number of uh, submitters to each of the various regions for, for DIRT. Um, so we're hoping to kind of track that growth in a more, um, you know, high level sense uh, in the coming years. But uh, so far, you know, we're still having, we're trying to top a hundred in most of the more common provinces, um, as far as submitters go. And while we're getting close to that in certain areas like Alberta and Ontario, uh, we are struggling to even break the, uh, 30, 40 threshold in other provinces. What does that mean for, for you, Rob, when, uh, when we see the data and, you know, the, 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 the output of that data that, okay, there's so many damages per day, uh, et cetera, per province. But then we look at the dirt submitters and, you know, you take a province perhaps like Manitoba or, or Saskatchewan, and there just aren't that many uh, utility owners provide or, or locate providers or anybody else engaged in that whole process that are actually reporting damages. What does that tell you? You know, that's a good question. I was thinking about what, what Joe was saying about how, you know, how do we get more people engaged? Part of it is the grassroots. It's back to the common ground alliances in each province to see how we can create that sense of urgency. And, um, you know, Manitoba, you know, we, we get a lot of participation when things aren't going well. But when things are, are fairly even, you, you don't see that engagement then. And it's so important, and, and I though, wish right? so. Yeah. Well, the importance, like I, when I run data for our company, for Manitoba Hydro, and we look at opportunities from both the DIRT report and our internal, it's essential in how I move programming. You know, and, and that's, you know, any basic damage venture program, that's, that's your program is know mm -hmm. what's happening out there. And wow. one last thing, because mm -hmm. Joe got to say a lot at the beginning about who he is. <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Um, he's accomplished a lot. What are you going to do? Well, <laughs> he's got to. Well, he's Joe Dirt. But right. um, it's interesting what we're seeing here in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, Alberta, is that transitioning of, of, of companies into do certain large builds. You know, and so that national look is so important to see so what's happening in each province and understanding the contractors that are coming in to sort of understand how to adjust your programming. And that's where the dirt comes in. That gives me that little bit of a peek. How should I be adjusting? What am I missing? What's their programs like? 
But here in Manitoba, like for me, I, I thrive on the data and the electric and gas side, absolutely. And it'd be nice to have that communication aspect. And that's what we're lacking here in Manitoba, I'll be honest, is that communication aspect, the communication, shallow utility um, information that can maybe help me drive my programming more. But it, you'd think that it would help them as well. And it does, right? And it's, this is where, you know, you've really moved that, that needle forward in Manitoba. And I mean you specifically, Rob have been able to do that you've connected the dots let's face it and for uh for so much uh effort and and moving things forward in manitoba uh for example when uh the the four canadian province western canadian provinces went from Teldig to uh pelican corps one call access you were probably the first person right out of the gates to really grasp that and the online locate request process and manipulate it so it provided data directly to the field people uh, who are performing locates at Manitoba Hydro. Um, so, I mean, let's let's face it. I mean, had it not been for you, that's, a lot of this in Manitoba would not have moved forward, including with the, the Manitoba Common Ground Alliance. But there's, you know, you've touched on something which is uh, is really important about the DIRT report. When it comes out, um, and I and I I read it, I, I go through it all because I'm, I'm interested in this. But there there's so much to be gleaned from that should be when we look at the data, the root cause analysis. We should be looking at also best practices and saying, okay, you know what, we if we managed or revised this current practice or introduced a new one, or we look at public awareness programs and say, if we introduce some new measures or, or a new effort to reduce damages in this area, or when this certain uh, thing is happening, we should see results, positive results. I don't know that industry is doing that. And, and what, what's your thoughts on that, Rob? I'm curious to hear what you think too, Joe. You know, I think, I think it's siloed in that sort of, like I know myself, I'm driven off the numbers internally and then looking external at what Joe and the Canadian Common Ground Alliance provides. You know, what's my next move? I do want to step back because I like what you said. You know, we analyze it and we, you talked about the best practices. That's about reasonableness now. Whatever our programs or the data tells us, you know, we should run a reasonable program to try to counter and support the industry in, in ensuring their safe excavations occur, period. You know, and that's why I appreciate what Joe's been able to create and the Canada Common Ground Alliance being able to create, because that has allowed me to do my job better here in Manitoba. I can't, I can't speak directly to only Manitoba's experience, but I see a lot of, um, like I've spoken both nationally and internationally about this particular topic. And while a lot of the time is spent, you know, trying to convince people of what the data shows, I find a lot of best practices in the industry are still unfortunately dictated by people's gut instinct. They feel that, you know, X or Y or their particular pet peeve is what's really driving damages or what's really going to help with um, 
you know, the industry going forward, or they're afraid of pivoting um, because they've been doing something one way for such a long time. There's a lot of momentum and inertia built up behind those initiatives. So pivoting to something that may not necessarily be their idea is always very difficult. So we get a lot of emotional decision making when it comes to best practices rather than people actually just following the data. And that's been an unfortunate byproduct of of a lot of my time working with the direct groups has been kind of just trying to counter the narrative of, well, we've been moving this way and, you know, to, to quote Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? Because they're still seeing damages at similar rates time over time again. Well, that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, uh, in 2021, there are 11,400 damages. Uh, reported, voluntarily reported to the, to the, to dirt. Still 45 roughly damages a day when you look at that as an average. That really hasn't changed all that much. Uh, that 45 damages a day anyway, it doesn't seem to have changed that much. And, you know, those damages, if we look at the data, it's still relatively the same. Um, one area that I think has gone down, if I'm not mistaken, is the damages as a result of uh, no locate request, that has actually gone down and that's a good thing. So we're seeing more of that now again, still voluntary re- reporting, but if the damage reporting numbers are essentially staying the same in terms of volume and we're seeing a reduction of damages where there was no locate, that's a good sign. That means that people are getting the message. People are going uh, they're re- requesting a locate before they, they they dig, which is excellent. And so that message is going out. Um, but overall, we're not seeing a reduction. So is it is it just that damages are shifting from, well, they used to be caused by this, but now they're caused by that. So we're, we're making strides in one area and maybe neglecting something else. Or is it something new that's happening that I'm just not seeing? Infrastructure builds, the amount of massive projects going out there, and I can only speak to Manitoba, but I know it's gone through other projects like that, you know, fiber to the home, you know, that's huge. And we're, I think we're right now on the cusp in this country of, of that, you know, instant communication and that installs happening now. And that's, you know, I know in Manitoba, that's where we're seeing our damages. Just, it's a, abnormal construction period we've had over the last two years, probably anticipating another three years. There's a lot of excavation happening. And that I feel, and as well as the ground's congested. And largely though that infrastructure is so, being installed where it is congested. Exactly. Where we they all have to share that, that, that area, you know, and, and that's what, like here in Manitoba, at least that's what we're seeing. And I like that you touched on it. Yeah. Click before you dig is really gone. You know, Manitoba, we had over 76 or 76,000 excavation requests. So projects happening in the province last year. You know, we take that and we look back um, just six, seven years, you know, there, that's a 25% increase in, in notification. So that's, that's huge, you know, and, and that's, and I like that you touched on it. That's a success. Because we can't fix everything at once. And that's why, like what Joe provides and individual provinces and utilities provide, is you look at that high number and what can I pull down to try and get us back in. And every time you do that, you have something else popping up the other side. So it's about trying to manage that. And I know 
for me here in Manitoba is that relationship with industry. I love that we show this to everyone because they're now a part of that conversation. It's just not utility looking at this and saying, what are we going to do to gosh darn um, contractors? This allows everyone the opportunity to sort of see what's happening out there and how can I be a part of this and get this down. That's to me is the big picture for that dirt report. You know, another tip of the hat to Manitoba. Um, Joe has been part of this conversation for a couple of years now, <clears throat> where the uh, locate request method online or by phone has proven that locate requests made online reduce damages. And I, you know, tip of the hat to Manitoba, that province uh, is very high percentage on uh, locate requests uh, online from members and contractors. Um, but that percentage is very high. And uh, we're seeing that in Alberta. Um, you know, Saskatchewan still has a ways to go. But, you know, that's it's not by accident. There's a lot of work has gone on there to get that moving forward. So damages are down. Um, and that's a good thing. And, you know, I think we've really, in Alberta and Manitoba particularly, we've really reached that low-hanging fruit, maybe even the mid-hanging fruit, in terms of shifting calls to clicks. And now it's the homeowners. we got to move them too. But it's hard because they dig once every 10 years, maybe once in a lifetime. It's a little harder to move them, but maybe more organic. But in your uh, experience, Rob, who is damaging? Is it the contractors? Is it the digging community? Sorry, the well, the digging community, obviously. Is it ourselves? Is it the utility owners damaging their own utilities? Or is it homeowners? I, I don't... The utility owners... I don't see a lot of it. Yes, it does occur. It's, it's infrequent, but there's lots of processes and the opportunity to have those processes in place to ensure that excavation is safe. I'm, I'm proud of the contractors, to be honest, here in Manitoba. Like, we run some unique programming here, safety watch certification. Um, we do a lot of field audits now. We get right into their, their meetings and they're engaging us. They want that support. So I'm really proud of them. For sure, and and I think it's gone down in percentage. It's panned out or gone down, but again, the excavation amounts have increased. So rate per, it's dropped for them, and I'm super. And that's something that we don't capture as well. You know, you may get the same fifty damages, but when you're, you know, the requests have increased by twenty percent. That's a good drop, and that's that's a success. Damages per locate request or notification are down. Yeah, yeah, like the homeowners right now, and you're right. They dig every ten years. How do how do we touch them with our excavation expectations, and recognize like this? Twenty years ago, feel free to go dig in your backyard. <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah. Things have changed. And one big thing I've tried to push is like, if you look at a clearance sheet that you receive from a Jody owner, it doesn't quite make sense. We're at the point, I believe, that professional excavators, we used to call them professional excavators, but now I think they truly are professional excavators because they understand the whole process. They understand the mapping, the requirements, the safety aspects. It's right now, yes, it's the homeowner's that we're sort of seeing that issue with or it hasn't really dropped with them. Mark your calendar is March 28th and 29th at the Cambridge Hotel in Red Deer. Utility Safety Partners is having its 2023 Utility Safety Conference 
We have a great lineup of presenters and uh, breakout sessions. And we also have, as a special guest, Mr. Jeff McWinney, the keeper of the Grey Cup and the Grey Cup itself in attendance. You'll be able to get your picture taken with the Grey Cup. Looking forward to seeing you at the Utility Safety Conference, March 28th and 29th at the Cambridge Hotel in Red Deer. Go to our website, utilitysafety.ca, to register. Joe, I want to talk to you about the number of dirt submitters uh, per province. Um, and this is going to be a little bit of uh, self-indulgence here. I, you know, hailing from Alberta and uh, being part of Utility Safety Partners, Alberta One Call for the last many years, I was constantly being asked when the dirt report came out, Mike, why are there so many damages in Alberta? I thought we were doing things really well. And I would always say, well, we are. We are doing things well. Uh, but, you know, how come we have so many damages per notification, a thousand notifications? We're always one of the highest. And it, it bothered me because to the to the great unwashed or somebody casually looking at the data, that is true. Now, this year, um, and I knew I would tell people, well, we have uh, the second or I think it was the second highest number of dirt submitters. And that like, well, I don't know what that means, but, you know, sure, the damages are still high. But now we have this new table in the uh, in the dirt report that goes into a little bit more detail. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, effective. Or, so effectively... Um coming back to you know like what we were talking about a little bit earlier there there's a lot of myriad factors that factor into you know exactly how big of a deal are these utility damages and and how accurate is the dirt data itself so um as you mentioned registered dirt submitters by province has some you know there there's um 79 in ontario 71 in alberta and then there's a steep drop off as you go to the other provinces british columbia has 20 quebec has eight atlantic canada has five saskatchewan has six and there obviously needs to be a lot of work done everywhere to to kind of up those numbers we're not going to get a true picture of of what's actually going on in each province until we have well, ideally, the majority of utility owners, at minimum, submitting damage reports to kind of give us an idea of what's actually happening. Um, I know we're here specifically to talk about the Canadian report, but one of the things I find as as a good kind of bellwether is looking at some of the U.S. reports where they do have legislation for uh, dirt registration and dirt reporting. And hearkening back to what I was mentioning before, where there's a lot of best practice um policy that's driven from the gut rather than the data. I think there, there are some U.S. states where it's it's kind of obvious where, you know, they keep following the same process and they're not really pushing towards, say, as you mentioned, web requests, which, as noted, have a lower incidence of utility strike. Um, and their damage reports generally maintain at least relative to their number of construction starts uh, per year and their damages you know are maintained because they're not really doing they're not the the narrative that they're pushing isn't really affecting uh, the number of utility strikes now it's harder to say here what exactly is going on in Alberta we do see the numbers going up or staying relatively static um, despite you know construction fluctuations like we saw a construction drop in a couple years ago but we saw the dirt uh, 
excavate or damage numbers actually go up. This was, of course, due to onboarding new registered submitters. So we had more submitters starting to supply us information, but but the number of actual construction starts in the province had actually gone down. Uh, we do table all of those as well. I do recommend uh, taking a look at the various subsections for each province, uh, the regional profiles as we call them. Um, because they do talk about like, you know, just to give some context to the numbers, they talk about housing starts, um, how many people are currently employed in construction for that given year, the construction GDP in millions of dollars. And those kind of give a good idea of what exactly is happening in the province that year. You know, it kind of ebbs and flows with the economy. There's some lagging indicators um, for projects that were currently underway when the economy, say, went down or were currently spinning up when the economy went up. Um, you know, there's, uh, I wish we actually had better data, um, 15 years ago, because I think it would be really interesting to look at how that kind of scaled across the uh, 2008 to 2013 boom time and, and see how those numbers scaled up with utility strikes, because I was with um, USP or formerly Alberta One Call during those eras, and I do remember there was a pretty significant uptick in, in strikes during those years because he had a lot of flyby nights and a lot of smaller companies spinning up uh, and things like that. And safety was not prioritized <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. when it came yeah. to a lot of these subcontractors. We um, hadn't evolved like we have today. Yeah. And I'd go so far as to say that during uh, more of a nadir point in, in economic terms, you're going to see less utility strikes uh, relative to the construction D- GDP because you're dealing with more experienced companies and more exper- the more experienced guys are who are being kept on. Um, so ultimately, you're going to see less strikes from, from that group. Well, and equipment improvements too, like when you bring in water, air vac, uh, excavation processes right there, you know, that, that's huge too. And it'd be nice to, like you said, if we had that data from 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when those pieces of, uh, equipment brought in to now and make that, I can't say it as nicely as, uh, Joe, he was very smooth, you know, the very (laughs) white sort of of damage prevention reporting here, um, but to have that relation of, you know, increased excavations, changing equipment type, um, and so forth. And just sort of see, like, Mike, we talked about how damages are maintained or going up. I don't believe that. Not with the amount that's happening out there. And I could take it back to the contractors. They're willing to invest in their programs. That's right. And you, like you said, technology, I mean, new construction practices, these are all reducing damages, but there's just more excavation than there ever was before. Um, before we go, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what is, in your view, what do we need to do next? And, and I think I know the answer, and I, I'm not going to try and preclude it here, but when I look at Table 10 of the DIRT report, and that's the report that says, has a summary by province or region, and you know we look at the number of damages per thousand notifications, and Alberta is the highest. 2.37 damages per thousand notifications. And Ontario is the lowest at 0.72. Now, when I look at those two provinces, they're comparable um, in terms of the number of damages, uh, the not even not locate requests, but number of damages and number of dirt submitters. So that's important to look at as well. What do you think? And I'm going to ask uh, you first, Joe, uh, what do you think is the most important thing 
we have to do in Canada by province to make the most significant impact to reduce damages? Well, it just so happens that that is a at least a major part of my contribution to the report isn't just the organizing of the data, which is the real time consuming bit, but the actual conclusion and potential action of that. So, of course, number one is what we've been hammering for years and what I hammer when people let me talk for a long time and blather on. And it's not always something that people want to hear, but that is the push of people to a web web-based service where self-service in particular where the customer or the excavator is putting in their information themselves processing the request and virtually white lining their proposed excavation area this eliminates a massive hurdle in uh, the locate process because fundamentally when you're talking to somebody on the phone or you're talking to somebody because some places do it through chat and you're trying to relay that information there is an opportunity for both not only just misunderstanding, but a, a fundamental, um, the, the degree of clarity is just always going to be a lot lower, uh, particularly when it comes to that virtual light lining process. I mean, somebody can copy down your words verbatim by rote. The best customer service agents will always be able to do that without issue. But when it comes down to explaining a map verbally and then having it transposed onto a two-dimensional map, though... It is very difficult. And as somebody that's been in the industry now for, oh God, it's 16 years, um, I've seen so many maps done improperly because, you know, there, there's so many things that can go wrong. There's, you may not know the, the land very well. The, the way it looks from a satellite view is going to be totally different from how it looks on the ground. Um, the, you might not get your east, west, north, south correct because you just got turned around or you're or you're slightly off center from from where those things are um you may express your distances in meters when you mean yards or vice versa or feet when you mean meters there, there's just so many different things that can go wrong so when having the customers put in those those virtual white lines online prior to excavation guaranteeing that their work area is correctly articulated to the members and the locators and hopefully subsequently uh, located correctly based on that is number one. Um, and we have seen uh, the, the conclusive reduction based on the mathematics and, and the analysis that we've done that that is the case. Um, secondly, call the one call center. I mean, <laughs> it's no notification of one call center is the number one identifiable known root cause for utility damages. This is across both Canada and the US. Um, when there's no notification made at all and there's no utility locate done, damages are more likely to occur. This this is pretty standard stuff. It shouldn't even need to be said. Yeah, I think the, the data I remember seeing is um, when there is a locate request, damages are reduced 99% of the time. And when there is no locate request, then the damages increase dramatically. But if you make a locate request, the likelihood of damage is less than 1%. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. kind of thirdly, kind of hearkening back to what I mentioned before, um, we have seen, for lack of a better description, some recession times um, more due to COVID and the world's response to that and things uh, where 
things kind of trended down in 2020 and 2021. Um, but we saw a major shift in root causes. We saw uh, the damages as a result of excavation issues. So that's um, excavators making an error, you know, snagging a line, working outside of the locate zone, um, not properly flagging, things like that. Those those all actually reduced um, to a, by a notable amount in 2021 over 2020. Um, this, again, may be due in part to less experienced excavators in the field and, and more of the experienced guys being retained during when companies were paring down. Um, or it could be due to better education or better training in the field, etc., or just more experience, better equipment. As Rob mentioned, we see more and more adoption of um, Hydrovac and things like that as time goes on. Um, but conversely, we saw locating issues jump by a full 55% in 2021 over 2020 as, as an identifiable root cause. Now, I won't even begin to speculate on that because that's that's not my wheelhouse. That's uh, we have we have training standards for that, um, and but uh, you know I guess the third thing would be locator training. Standardize it. Get it. Get a singular system across Canada, across North America, where locators are kept to a standard. And Lord, this may get me in trouble, but make them certified professionals. Yeah, it's been a long-standing objective, they're, they're, right? They have they 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 have people's lives in their hands, man. Like they should be they should it's be been a in long-standing that objective tier. of uh, Kapulk and uh, and others. Uh, it, it, there's definite need for that. How about you, Rob? What's your view on what can we do to reduce damages when we look at that summary? I mean, it's it's always roughly the same. Well, first off, you know, first step to safe excavation is that notification process. Always said it. And it's about good communication back and forth. So what we've done with Click Before You Dig is incredible with transferring that information. The first start is make sure that information going back to the customer is that is reflects what they want. And simplify the communication. You know, you send me a map, I'm sending a map back identifying what I agree with and make sure it's landmarked, make sure it's clear. That's number one. You, you sort of said it there, Joe, um, 15, 20 years ago when I was in the field, longer, we didn't have as much in the ground. It's congested. And there's conflicts in the ground now. And there's multiple. Ge- so how do we get around that? And I, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as Joe because I'm still employed and I and uh, I have to make sure I watch. But Joe's we employed need to, too. We need to, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we should have well, that at the beginning of this anyway. podcast. As far as I know, he's employed anyway. But I do think that utilities need to relook at that certification aspect. And I think we need to regroup because it's not so much of pulling someone in, training them and sending them on their way. And Joe's absolutely right. Taking, you know, delays in projects, bad locates, impacts, industries, business. But it can also cause an issue with the public. And you're right. It's dangerous. We have dangerous plant underground that we need to address and locate accurately. You know, here in Manitoba, like, uh, you know, one thing I did was we track uh, damages, directional boring. There's so much directional boring ha- happening right now or trenchless excavation that, you know, there's something I had to do there. And why did we attract, attack that? It's because it was considered a high risk if an incident occurred. Trap gas, especially, where it can migrate. 
get into homes. You know, so we adjust our programming there. But with that programming, and you touched on it, Mike, it's about education. The contractors don't want to mess up. I know that. They're looking for reasonable, reasonable direction to help support what they need to get done and not to get in conflict with us with what their installs are. Our next step really is about how do we educate and communicate. And you know what? Maybe step outside of our box and be more engaged with them in their programs. Instead of saying, this is our guidelines, build it yourself. Where I'm saying, this is our guidelines, and let me help you identify how to build it into your programming to help support your business to make sure there is no conflicts. That's where I see the next step. But yes, absolutely. And there, like I say, I'll, I will concur with what you said, Joe. The uh, the locate aspect, yeah. We need to start looking at that as a more serious skill. And, and yeah, it's it should be moved to that next level. I agree totally. So the, one of the things I was looking for, and either of you mentioned it, was legislation. Um, you know, the... The critical element that we you both talked about is making sure people submit a locate request. And uh, uh, in, in order to, that's great, but what if all the utilities aren't registered? Then you have another issue. You know, if we have legislation that mandates um, registration of all buried utilities with the notification center and equally mandates a locate request before every ground disturbance, now you're really covering both sides of that, uh, of that equation. Um, when I look at this, the data we have here, and that again, that table 10, Ontario is the only province with comprehensive damage prevention legislation. And as a result, I think they're, uh, they, uh, they have very high number of locate requests and they have a very low number of damages per thousand notifications and also, uh, considerably, you know, high relative, um, uh, number of, of dirt submitters, 79, and I, I think they could be higher, double that, given was, the number. I was going to say, yeah. not too comprehensive if they don't have all their companies required to be reporting into dirt. Then that's not part of the legislation, <laughs> right? Unfortunately, and I would I would prefer that's part of the legislation that they have to submit damages to dirt. But you know, you do see that number of damages per thousand, thousand notifications is quite low. Uh, and you know, we've been working on this for so long, pushing that rope up a hill for legislation. And uh, you know, we're not pausing, but we. We are looking at, you know, there's a, the reality of the situation is that we have an election coming here in Alberta. So we have to manage with the ebb and flow of government, and that's where we are right now. But I'm hopeful that uh, in five years, I'm going to put it out there, in five years, we'll see more provinces going down the legislation path. And because uh, the value is there, the value is there. From a best practices standpoint, I agree with you. We need to have... Uh, um, the call before you dig is great, you know, but we need to manage that where the vernacular is and, and move it to click. We know that online locate requests reduce damages, full stop. That to me is equivalent to, hey, look at that. There's a best practice here because it reduces damages. That's what we do. And yet it's still not a best practice in the CCGA's harmonized best practices. I can't understand that. I don't get it. The data is there. Uh, in Alberta, we've gone through it a couple of times. Ontario's gone through it. Um, it reduces damages. It needs to be a best practice. And this is a failure, in my view, on the CCGA and on the members that are not recognizing and making this change, articulating this change as a best practice. Um, we're doing so many more things to reduce damages, then why not that? So 
there's certainly a lot we can do. It's frustrating. You're absolutely right, Mike. It's frustrating because we hear the same story over and over and over. You know, where you're right, there's a risk when we start legislating, of course, because oh, yeah. now it's oversight and what are you doing? But the same argument sort of flows where, well, why am I phoning this guy and then, or clicking in everyone else? Or who's a part of clicking? It's pretty simple. And it's, and what you guys have done with that program, or we have done in Western Canada with that program, it's pretty incredible. It is, yeah. yeah. And so, I think we have a good product that it should, like, again, it should be pushed. This should be a no-brainer. This should be, like you said, low-hanging fruit Yeah, to get it implemented. This is part of it, right? This is part of the low-hanging fruit. It. We've done all the heavy lifting. Yeah. And I yeah. say we. I mean, collectively, there's thousands of people across the Prairie Provinces and BC. And I don't I don't know why industry's not pushing it. And I'll be honest, what, like, because I'm getting their argument, their, their concerns. Like, why do I have to phone this guy? Or they weren't a part of this. How do I know that utility's there? Well, you're right. If we knew and there was that requirement, maybe I'll throw out there, why is the RMs, when they're allowing for an excavation to occur, utility to be installed, that they're not dictating, hey, as a condition. you have to join the one call center yeah. at that as time. As a condition, you must do this. As a condition. And there's no cost. There's no impact on the RM at all. It's just, please put it in your condition. And that's best for everyone, including them. I think what's stopping municipalities is they, so many of them realize they have no idea where their buried plant is. And then they'll be faced with so many notifications that they have to triage or locate the cost would be just so high. But we have to start somewhere. And it's not saying to them, you join Click. All I'm saying is any new infrastructure going within a right-of-way where you have to authorize, tell, just them, make them reg ask them to register with Click or have it as a condition. And I'm not saying start cleaning up your stuff. I'm saying let's start somewhere. Nope. And that makes tons of sense. While there may be, you know, plant from the 50s, 60s, that's only outlined on a blueprint that's, you know, rat chewed and moldering in a dungeon somewhere. <laughs> New stuff. <laughs> you paint quite a picture there, but Holy you're probably dude. not far from Where the are you getting your information from, Joe? <laughs> I mean, I, I've talked to Public Works, you know, and that, they've told me this just the same. You know, they say like, well, we don't know where half of it is because it was all put down 70 years ago and Steve Bob kept it in his basement and had a drawing he died, written finally, on the back so of the yeah. 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 <laughs> His widow yeah. donated it to the town library and now it's sitting in a in a, you know, crypt there and it's probably not far from the truth in some cases right I mean, but we're, it's we're not joking, about shaming them yeah. we don't want to shame them we're just saying let's start now yep oh yeah i agree well, let's you know, build for the future we're moving this conversation to a different area and that's okay and i'm gonna have to bring it to a close that's, here soon but that's joe's part of the legislation the we place. are proposing is giving municipalities a five-year grace period to register their data because we know it's a big challenge and it's a big expense but as you said, Rob, you have to start somewhere. And until we do those things that are going to be hard, uh, then we're not going to see, I don't think we're going to see a lot of changes to the number of damages that are being reported every year and to the number of damages on average every day. I just, I just don't see it. And when I see that, those numbers, those brute numbers not going down, my biggest fear, my biggest fear is we are one damage away a catastrophic event 
from all of a sudden having legislation drafted and written and implemented for us. And if that happens, we're going to be in trouble because when you're when we draft legislation amongst our peers and, and subject matter experts, and we take the time to do it right and engage people and, uh, and, and draft it and circulate it for comment, and we still hold on to that pretty tight before we hand it over to government. Because once we give it to government, we don't know what we're getting back, but we've done our due diligence. In the other situation where a catastrophic event dictates what happens next, we're probably not going to be engaged that much. And uh, I've seen it before um, at, the, at a, the federal level when the NEB was producing its damage prevention regulations. They asked for a lot of comment uh, over many years, but they didn't really listen to it until, you know, I think it was the Canadian Energy Pipeline Association finally put the hammer down and said, listen, you have to listen to what we're saying. And uh, it, it took that much. And this is what my big worry is. I've seen it happen before. It will happen again if we don't get ahead of it. Well, and it's about also understanding. Like I, legislation in this case should not be used as a threat. And and we constantly, I I've seen it where industry will say, you know what, if we'll go to the government and we'll, well, if you use it as a threat, you don't get the buy. No, you can't use it as a threat. This it's is a be pretty a- impartial opportunity. Yep, collaborative to just. Collaborative yep. to yep. make sure, hey, we're all on the same page. Nonpartisan Let's, too, right? Perfect. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And it may save us from that incident you say is down the road probably. Well, it's, you know, these calm waters, uh, they, they, they concern me because I think we get to a level of complacency that is phantom. Uh, you know, you said to yourself, Rob, Joe, there are more excavations happening than ever before. Uh, that tells me that, okay, damages as a root cause where there's no locate requests have gone down, but it just takes one. And that then all, we all look like we failed. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working hard. We're pushing that rope up a hill. Sometimes that rope seems to be attached to a boulder. We're pushing that up the hill too. But, you know, we need to get there. And, uh, and I, I'm really glad we have people like you that uh, we continue to work with. Uh, both of you and, and a number of people just like yourselves across the country that contribute to the Dirt Report. And, you know, if you haven't read the Dirt Report, if you haven't looked, you can find it on the CCGA's website, CanadianCGA.com. It's right there on the splash page on their homepage. You can download the report. You can read it. You can provide feedback to the CCGA uh, through info at CanadianCGA.com, I believe the email is, but you may have to look for that to, to confirm. But, you know, this is where it's important. If you're not registered for as a dirt submitter in your province, please do so. It, 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 you're contributing to the cause. It's an anonymous reporting function. We won't know who you are. We don't care who you are. We just want the data. Gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us today. And uh, always a pleasure. I'm sure we'll have you back again. And uh, I think next year you become chair of the CCJ. Is that not uh, correct, Rob? Yeah. Sure. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I yeah. you know what? It's been a great opportunity working with, with that group and, and across, like, it's been five years ago, I would not see myself being a part of such a great organization where, you know, what is a constant battle? You know, it's, but non- it's a good battle. We're, we're all volunteering. 
and it's an amazing battle when we get these little wins and we start moving that needle and it's something that i think we all are very proud of yep. you know it's a I good agree. group like-minded people that are just looking out you know what is the best op- opportunities out there and let's make it work well thanks very much guys have a great rest of your week and uh, we'll chat again soon that's going to wrap things up on the podcast I want to thank our producers, stories, and strategies, and I hope you choose to follow this podcast on any directory you're listening on. And please do leave a rating. We really appreciate that. You can follow us on Twitter at utility underscore safety, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to send us a note, maybe you have an episode idea, please email us at info at utilitysafety.ca and put podcast in the subject header. I'm Mike Sullivan president of Utility Safety Partners, click to know what's above and below. And remember, one click costs you nothing. Not clicking could cost you everything. Everything.